Welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are joining us for this time today. We hope that this message will encourage you, build your faith, and help you thrive with God and thrive in life. Now to the message. We're in a series where we're talking about things in life that maybe we overrate or put too much weight towards, but it actually comes up empty. It's not as promised. And also we're talking about things in life, all according to scripture, that maybe that is, um, it is underrated or we put little value on, but actually have great value in life. That it actually has great value that in the end that it will help you have life and life to the full. So uh, if you missed the previous uh, three weeks, I encourage you go online. I think uh, it's just been so good to dive into those. And so we're going to continue today. And I'm going to talk about something that is in one area, I would say we overrate it. We overrate, we put too much value. And yet this same very topic in another area of our life, we underrate it or we don't put that much value and that much weight to it. Um, And I believe that as we dive into this, I believe that this message will build your faith. I think that it will help you uh, live the life that God has for you because God doesn't want you just to be like, get through, like, oh, thank God, another week through, like I made it. I believe that God has good plans for you and for you to really flourish uh, in life. Like Jesus says that he's come to give you life and life to the full, Uh, not just eternity of like, okay, I can't wait until I die and then go into eternity. It's actually now that we can walk with him and experience life to the full with him. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.23, it says this, 1 Thessalonians 5.23, Now may the God of peace make you whole, uh, holy in every way, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. Your whole spirit, soul, and body. See, the biblical view and what the Bible says is that you are a three-part being. You have a spirit, you are a spirit, that is who you are. You, you have a soul, which is your mind, how you think, your will, your emotions, and you have a, a body, an earth suit, right? You're, you're, you're here. Uh, you have a body. And when you make Jesus Lord of your life, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says that you become a new creation. What becomes new is your spirit. Your spirit becomes new. Uh, Jesus was talking to Nicodemus in the Bible, and he said, um, born again. What you are is your spirit is born again. But you, uh, you still have the same body when you are born again. Like, it's not like all of a sudden you're Ryan Reynolds, right? Like, here I am. Um, I don't know. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> Who was I talking to yesterday? And then like something about Ryan Reynolds. So it was in the mind. You still have the same mind. It's not like all of a sudden, it's like, it's like boom, I'm, I'm brand new in my mind. Like That's why the scripture says in uh, Romans 12 to renew your mind. That renew your mind by the word of God. See, there is a renewing of your mind by the word of God. And you still have emotions. You don't become like stoic and like as soon as you're like, Jesus, you're Lord of my life, and suddenly you go become... I am a Christ follower, right? Like you, don't, like you no longer have emotions. You still have emotions. We all have them. We all feel them. Um, you know, whether anger, sadness, loneliness, disgusted, excited, happy, um, on and on and on. We all have emotions. It, whether you're a Christian, whether or not you have 
emotions. Notice I didn't say love because love, according to the Bible, is not an emotion. It's a choice that you actually choose to love. It's not like if I, if I feel like I love you one day and I feel like I don't the other day, that's inconsistent. The love of Christ, the agape love that's shed abroad in your heart is, is a consistent love. See, love is a choice. So I didn't say love there because love, I believe, is actually a choice. But everybody has emotions. God created you with emotions, with, with feelings. Oh, feelings. Uh, God also has emotions. We see um, that Jesus... He wept. He wept when his friend um, that he later on, spoiler alert, would raise him from the dead, but when he wept when he died. We see God, he's slow to anger. That means he's experienced, he, he has anger. Uh, there are things that break the heart of God. See, emotions are God-given. They're part of you. That is part of who you are. Now, I know some people can mistake, we, we, um, uh, we walk by faith and not by sight. And I've even heard some people talk this way of that in being faith that you have to like suppress your emotions. Like you have no emotions because if you're in faith, you, we don't have emotions. We don't have feelings. But I don't think that holds water because, well, let's, uh, let's talk to Jesus about that then. Listen, Jesus, uh, why did you weep? Uh, see, we have emotions. God has given you emotions. You have God-given emotions. It's part of God's design. However, I think we can actually misuse our emotions and overrate them or put too much weight on them in one area of our life and with emotions on another area, not even even consider them and underrate them and undervalue them. Um, and actually, when we, when, we, when we misuse or overrate um, our emotions in this one area, I think it can actually be hazardous to ourself, to the people in our life, for even the plan and the purpose that God has for you. And, and the same thing is that they are so important and God has given them to you. Every good and perfect gift comes from above, so I guess emotions must be good. So there's a good use for them. But if we undervalue or don't see that, I think we miss out. Now, on, uh, on your car, newer cars, it, maybe it's your car, maybe it's not, is there's like in the center dash, there's oftentimes there's like that navigation system, right? Like plug it in, maybe you have Siri, maybe someone else, maybe you're like, no, Josiah, I don't have that. <laughs> but in many newer cars, you have the navigation system, right? It, well, what does it do? It tells you which way to go. Um, and then, of course, right by your speedometer, there's these little lights that light up, these little indication lights, right? Like, um, like you need gas, Josiah, like find a gas station. Oh, your, your windshield washer fluid is running out. Um, oh, uh, check your engine. That is a scary sign right there. Or like, oh, your brake light is on. Now, those lights they're, they're not an issue themselves, but they indicate to you an issue happening underneath. There's, it's, it's like, oh, this is coming up. This light is coming up. That's not the issue. It's not like the issue is, I need to get rid of this light. It's telling you there might be a potential issue inside or underneath, right? And, and so one is a navigator. One is an indicator, Right? There's a difference, a difference. There's one a navigator, one an indicator. One's not bad, one's not good. It's you're just made that way. The car is just made that way. One way is to give you direction. Another one is to indicate um, you're going to run out of gas. You need some gas. 
Someone's saying, I drove electric. Good for you. You better <laughs> plug that in too. Um, but now if I decide every single time that I see like the got, like, need gas light on, I, I turn right. Like every time I see it, I'm like, okay, this is my indication I need to turn right. So every time I see it, I turn right. Every time like um, the, the uh, fill up your windshield washer fluid is, I just slam my car no matter where I am, what street I'm on, I hit it in reverse and go, right? And every time I see the parking brake light on, it means obviously that I need to go to McDonald's and have some Mick regret. Now, if I did this, there's a few things that would probably happen. One is I would lose my license and they'd probably put me through some tests. <laughs> the second thing is I would be, it would be so dangerous because I'm using what was meant to just be an indicator as a navigator. I'm allowing that to set the direction of, my, of where I'm going and I'm probably gonna hurt myself, hurt the people around me and know what I'm also gonna do? I'm gonna self-sabotage my trip because if I'm, my goal is to get to Vancouver and, 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 but I, and, and every time that gaslight comes on, I'm turning right. Eventually, on that trip, I'm going to have to fuel up. So eventually, I'm going to be turning right and smack into something. I'm probably going to smack into a mountain. It's going to be ugly. It's not going to go well, yeah. right? I'm, I'm going to self-sabotage my trip. Now, of course, I don't do this. I, I drove here, and I did not, I did not do this. Um, uh, but no one would do this. But oftentimes, I actually think we do this with our emotions, that we do this with our emotions, that we confuse what is a navigator and what is an indicator, what is, set, is to set the direction of our life and what is to let us know about something that's happening inside of us. See, God has, has given emotions, their purpose is like the light on the dashboard that says, oh, there's something, oh, the, the windshield washer needs to be refilled. Oh, you're, you're running out of gas here. Um, oh, there's, uh, you might need an oil change. Service required. See, God, uh, God-given indicators of what is happening on the inside um, and, and to look under the hood, I think that is emotions. That it's, it's neither positive or negative. They are just to let you know they're indicators of what is happening on the inside. Like if I'm mad or I'm irritated in a short fuse, I would say that's an indicator of telling me there's something else going on underneath, right? I'm sad and I don't know why. Well, that's an indicator of there's something happening underneath. I'm angry every time I go here or every time I talk to this person. That might be an indicator of something happening in my heart. See, emotions are God-given indicators letting us know something under the hood, something in my heart is maybe off, it needs servicing, there's something up, right? If, if I'm in a situation where like I'm getting angry in traffic, I'm like flying off the handle like some serious pastor road rage, like, you know, like just really going for it, right? Like, quoting like stuff about bears coming out and eating them. It's in like First Kings, whatever. But if I'm flying off the handle, that's an indicator to me something else. Do I really have an issue with the Chevy that's in front of me? Or is it there's something else inside of me that it's indicating, oh, there's something off. 
something needs uh, servicing. Emotions are God-given indicators. And we can get the indicator and the navigator confused and allow our, our emotions to shape or be the catalyst of our direction, of our choices, of, of which way we go in life. However, the problem is, is emotions were never meant to be navigation. It was never meant to tell you which way to go. It was instead meant to indicate something to you. Now, society says this. It says, follow your heart. Follow your heart. Like, uh, do what makes you feel happy, right? Follow your heart. Using emotions to set the course of uh, and navigate our life. However, uh, Jeremiah 17 verse 9 says, the human heart is most deceitful of all things. That, that, and, and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? Oh, follow your heart. Great. But I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine secret motives. I give all people their due rewards according to their actions, um, or their actions deserve. See, your heart is actually, it's, it's deceptive. You follow your heart, you're going to be a little, little deceived, I would say. See, um, if you follow your emotions, how I feel, uh, it's, it's deceptive. I feel like doing this. Have you ever done something where it's like, I feel like I'm going, and you do what you feel like? Because it's like, I'm going to do this, right? Like, like is, this, okay, is this group therapy, Josiah? Like, what is this? No, but if I'm angry and I blow up, at my spouse and like give them a piece of my mind, tell them how wrong they were, how they folded that dish towel, right? That doesn't happen. That'd probably be just me misfolding things. But, um, or if I'm sad and I suddenly, I'm questioning everything. I'm questioning like, where am I? What am I doing? I'm, I, and I'm sad about this. Or if I'm pursuing happiness and, and I'm not happy, and okay, because I'm, I'm letting happiness lead me, I'm not happy in this time, so I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit my career. I'm going to quit the place that God has placed me. I'm going to quit on my marriage. I'm going to quit on, on, on this area because I'm not happy. You know, there, but it feels so right if you follow your emotions, to follow your emotions. But Proverbs 14, 12 says this, there's a path before each person that seems right. At times when your emotions are going, it seems right to like tell that person in front of you on Deerfoot what's what. It seems right to, to, to lose it on somebody. It seems right to do what makes me happy no matter what anybody else feels. It, it, it feels right. It seems right. But it ends in death. Proverbs telling it straight. There's a path that seems right. So many times, there's, if we allow our emotions to navigate us, there's a path that seems right, but it's going to lead to death. Lead to death in, in, in connections with friendships. Lead to death in, in, in the plans and purposes God has for you. Now, God is a redeemer. You were never too far gone, but in the time being, you could follow your emotions or what feels good and then actually lose on, out on what God has for you right now. You follow your emotions, uh, that could be uh, a lead to death in your marriage. You follow emotions that could lead to death with connection with your kids. There might be a way that seems right, but it's going to lead 
to death when you follow your emotions. Your emotions as a navigator to set the course of your life, it's overrated. It's overrated. You, you never, I, I would say this, is never make decisions, big life decisions in highs nor lows in life. Right? When you're on the high of life or even the low of life, don't make life-altering decisions, life-changing decisions. Because emotions were never meant from God to be navigators and to, to, to make choices and, and for you to go this way. It was meant to be an indicator for you. So what is meant to lead us and direct us? John 16, 13 says this, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. Uh, he will tell you uh, about the future. See, the Holy Spirit is leading and guiding you. God today, as a follower of Christ, or maybe today is your day where you're saying yes to Jesus, then the Holy Spirit now dwells in you. You are now a temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit then leads you and guides you. See, now you have um, built-in navigation where the Spirit of the Lord will lead you into all truth. He'll lead you into the path you should go. See, He is your navigator. See, the word of God is your navigator. Psalms 119, 105 says, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. See, his word guides your feet. He illuminates your path. He guides your, uh, one talks about that it it's guides your footsteps. Like it's not always just like a highway lit up of like, here's the clear way. Sometimes it's he's guiding you by one step, followed by another step, followed by another step, followed by another step. See, God's word and his spirit set the course and direction of your life. But uh, if we allow emotions or how we feel to set our direction, how we, how we go about life, life will be a roller coaster, up and down, up and down. Because I don't know about you, but me, there's days where I feel really high and great. There's days where, there's some days where I feel low. And so it, life will be like this if I'm always moving by my emotions. And emotions then are taking the place of what the Holy Spirit should be in your life, to be a navigator, uh, to lead and to guide you. See, God, he's consistent. Uh, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if you want consistency in your life, in order to grow, you need consistency, right? Like if, if you don't give consistency to a, a seed that you planted, if you keep moving it out, oh yeah, actually today I feel like I'm going to plant it, put it back in. Today I don't, pull it out. Today I do. It, it's not going to grow. No matter how much you water it, how, no matter how much like expertise, you could go to the greenhouse every week and hear the expertise of how the, telling you how to grow a plant. Oh, that's good. You could even write it down. You could be, like buy the fertilizer, but if you keep putting in, pulling out, putting in and pulling out, nothing's going to grow. See, you need consistency in your life. You need consistency in your life. And consistency is, is not boring. You maybe hear consistency, you hear boring, um, but I would disagree. Like if I'm going on whitewater uh, rafting trip, like I've done that a couple times, so much fun. Um, actually, enough times where I've fallen out of the boat twice. Um, that was fun-ish. Um, Natalie was my partner, and she didn't pull me in. But whatever. <laughs> whatever. Um, but I want the, river, the whitewater raft guide to be consistent. 
Like, I'm on an adventure here with them, but I want them to be consistent, consistently paddling. I don't want them being like, yeah, I think maybe I'm just going to put my oars in today. Like, ah, oh, yeah, like, I'll just, I'll paddle for half the trip. No, 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 I want my guide to be consistent back there. Like, okay, paddle. Okay, everybody get in the boat. Natalie pulled Josiah out of the water for the second time on this trip. He fell out on the first rapid. Who allowed him to come? If I'm bungee jumping, I want someone who's lacing up my harness or checking the bungee consistent. I want them to be consistent. If I'm skydiving, I, which I probably won't ever do, um, I want that person, that pilot, to be consistent. I want the person who folds that parachute because they don't like buy them off Amazon new each time. They fold them back in. I want them to be consistent. Why? Because I'm trusting that they've got me. See, you can be doing exciting, wonderful things, which God has for you. Faith, a life of faith is anything but, but boring. But see, you want someone who is there consistently with you, leading you, guiding you, have you as you do these exciting things. When I was high, I used to have a company where we um, did rope access and like I'd rappel off of buildings and I'd hang off of like ropes. And we'd, the highest I'd been was like 40 stories on the outside of the building. And uh, many people had freaked them out, right? Being 40 stories up, birds were flying under my feet. I just had a harness and a backup rope. Many people would, like, would be freaked out by that. But I knew I was safe because the gear, I knew it was consistent. It was tested. It was trusted. I can go anywhere with that gear. So I trust it. See, when you know God is with you, he is for you, that you can go anywhere God says go because you know he's got you. He's not going to let you go. He's not going to leave you hanging. He's consistent. But if I allow my emotions to go, I'll be up, I'll be down, I'll be up, I'll be down. Emotions are overrated as navigators. But don't follow your heart. Don't follow your heart. Don't act on how you feel. Don't act on how you feel. And know what? Don't pursue happiness. Don't pursue happiness. No, do this instead. Follow God. Allow God's word and his spirit to lead you. See, Jesus did not say, follow your heart. He did not say, follow your happiness. He did not say, find your truth. He said this. He said, follow me. That's what he said. So we need to follow him. And as we do, I think we'll experience the life that he has for us. An abundant, fulfilling, thriving life. And as well, I think we need to use our emotions for what they are created for, not to suppress them and press them down and like, I have no feelings, I have no emotions, I'm like, good. But instead, to use them as God has created them to be, as indicators for us. That when I get angry, irritated, when, when, when I'm sad or, or I'm discouraged, it's an indicator for me to do this. Just as your, 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 the light on your car, if it's a check engine light, it's probably an indicator, I need to go check this out. I need to bring it to a mechanic. You see, we need to use that as indicators to go to God. That when these things come up in us, it's not like, okay, cool, push this off. It's an indicator, I need to go to God because there's something underneath in my heart happening. And as Hebrews 4.16 says, that we can come boldly before the throne of grace in our time of need. So we come to God as these indicators come up and we ask him, God, why is this happening? What is going on? Why is this happening? David did this in Psalms uh, 43 verse 5. David is going through some stuff as David does through Psalms. He goes through a lot of stuff. 
But he says this, he asks God this. He's, it's before the scriptures, before it, he goes into, it says he goes into the presence of God and he asks God this, why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? See, he's asking God, God, why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I'm not, pu- you don't push away your emotions. God, why am I, the rest of the scripture, uh, I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my savior and my God. See, God, he is our hope, he is our savior. But when emotions come up, that is an indicator to go to God and say, God, why is this coming up? God, when, when this happens, why is this my first reaction? And we go to him, and as, even as David did, why am I so quick to anger? Why am I, I, I so discouraged when this happens? And we allow God to examine our heart, right? Because he is the great heart surgeon, yeah, Psalms 139 verse 23 says this. It says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See, God, I'm coming to you. Search me. What's going on? And not only will God just be like, okay, well, let me tell you, Josiah. <laughs> There's some stuff. But actually, Psalms 147 verse 3 says this. He heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. See, when you come to God, he's going to point out, he's going to expose, he's going to show you what is underneath what's happening, but not only be, uh, here's the problem, deal, Josiah, he's then going to heal that. He's going to bring wholeness to that. He's going to bring completeness to that. Uh, that, that he's, he's going to bring wholeness to you. Jesus invites us, come to me, all who are weary, heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon, me, upon you. In other words, partner with me in your life. And I'm not gonna lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you, but you'll find actually rest for your souls. So he's gonna heal your heart so you don't get bitter. He's gonna bring wholeness to your sadness. He's gonna bring joy to your sadness. He's gonna point out things in life that I need to change, that I need to shift, that I need to drop. You know, he's going to point out when we come to him, rather than just dealing with, well, it's, it's just something that I deal with, I come to him, and he's going to bring things up. Maybe he says, oh, it's because your identity is rooted in this area instead of me. Oh, this is somewhere where you're un- insecure, and this is why it's coming up. Or your value is in the wrong place. Here's where your value is. Oh, it's because of your lack of discipline. He's going he's to point out and bring things to the surface and not just leave you to figure it out, but then he, by his spirit, will bring wholeness to you as you, though, follow him. It's not, okay, God, search me, fall, uh, show me, and then all of a sudden, okay, now I'm going to go my own way. Yeah. It's search me, oh God. Allow him to show you and then follow him because that's where healing will come to your heart. You know, last week, last week, I had a day where I just felt off. You ever have that? Just felt off. Okay, you guys don't because it's Sunday, but uh, maybe other days it, it is. But I just felt off. I felt like, bottom line, I just, I felt off. I felt a little down, a little sad, and nothing wrong happened that day. Nothing, nothing that I could think of happened that day. And I said to Nat, I said, you know, I just feel off. I feel, I feel down. And I know it's how I feel. And I know this won't last. And it's not going to be permanent. This will pass. 
but I just feel off. And here, I'll give you some insider information. It was on a Sunday. That's not a good day for me to feel off. I'm like talking about the hope of Jesus, and I'm feeling down. And, and so with that, I said, okay, here's an indicator. I need to go to God. So God, why am I feeling off? Why am I feeling off? God searched my heart, and, and honestly, God started speaking to me about some things that happened a few weeks back that I hadn't let go, that I hadn't allowed, allowed God to heal, and, and really got to that there was like some insecurities there, there was some, some things of loss there. And so as I was spending time with God and praying with Him and getting into His Word, that actually He brought me out of that. It's not like I stayed there. I felt that indicator, and then I allowed God's heart, God to heal my heart and heal me whole. But if I confused my indicator with my navigator, I could have been in a mess. I could have been like, I'm feeling off, I'm feeling down. I'm, obviously, it's, it's on a Sunday, so that probably means I shouldn't be a pastor. Um, you know, it probably means I shouldn't do this. Oh, I probably should move on this and go this way. And you can see how easily that would go down a far trail that had no, it had nothing to do with church, had nothing to do with any of you guys. It had nothing to do with, like, you. It had nothing at all. But yet, it just came up there. So instead of me saying, oh, I'm feeling this way on a Sunday. Oh, this must be X, Y, Z. Oh, it must be that someone here just did this or that. And like, no. God revealed and he healed right? I think it's, it's so important to, to allow that indicator to say, okay, now I'm going to God. Have you, um, have you ever done this before? Have you ever like almost put the wrong thing on? I don't know, like for me the other week, I almost put soap on my toothbrush. <laughs> like is what it is. Apparently this is stories about Josiah Day, but it was late at night I was tired and exhausted and I went to put my, like to brush my teeth and I was just about to, and I stopped. Oh my goodness. And I didn't say any bad words that day. So why would I do that? I'm just kidding. But, but it's interesting is I almost confused that. Why? I know the difference. Like, just be real. I know the difference. Don't go to a different church to be like, we need to find someone who's a pastor who knows the difference between toothpaste and hand soap. Um, I know the difference. But in my tired state, it was easy to confuse it because I was just tired and exhausted. You know, maybe you're like, Josiah, I know I shouldn't be going with how I feel and allow God's spirit to lead me. I get it. But, you know, oftentimes it's when we're tired that we confuse our indicator as our navigator, where we allow our emotions to then direct us and lead us. Right When I'm physically tired, when I'm mentally tired, or even when I'm spiritually tired, we can confuse our, the navigator for our indicator. And we can, and we, and we can like then confuse. And so I would probably want to be proactive about that. So I would say that to keep yourself rested in those areas, maybe too practical, but to keep yourself rested. Yeah. So like maybe one is go to bed. Like... <laughs> Maybe it's too, spirit, too practical, but like, get your sleep. 
Go to sleep. Why are you so angry? Well, maybe because you had two hours sleep. I'm sure the binge watching was great, but you need sleep. Spiritually, get yourself full. Keep yourself refreshed, being in the word, prayer, uh, getting into your Bible, groups, which will be launching in September, uh, you know, coming to church. It's, it's amazing because life really is a marathon. It is, it's a long distance. But to a marathon runner, we would never say, yeah, 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 cool, cool. Just have a, a meal once every two weeks. You'll be good once every two weeks. Or, you know, three out of four, you're good. You know, they would be famished. They wouldn't be running their race well. But we can do that spiritually. It's okay, here and there, I'm going to do it. Don't hear this condemnation. Here's encouragement of actually practical ways to not allow yourself to get weary and tired. And in those moments, suddenly we confuse because it's so evident, yeah, I shouldn't follow my emotions. Yeah. We say this now when we're like not exhausted, when we're in church, when we're not feeling pressure. But when pressure comes, when times come, well, there's practical things we can do. Mentally, you know, give yourself space. Build some space in so you can have some mental downtime. Can I encourage you today with this? Is don't use your emotions as navigators. Instead, allow them to be indicators. Okay, this comes up. All right, I'm going to God. This comes up. Okay, I'm going to God. And allow him to speak to your heart. God, search my heart. Know my heart. And as you do, then he'll heal your heart. Thank you for joining us for the Thrive Church podcast. We hope this message encouraged you, built your faith, and helped you thrive with God and thrive in life. We would love to see you on a Sunday soon, in person or online. You can get all the information at thrivecalgary.ca. If you would like to support a partner with Thrive Church financially, you can do so by going to thrivecalgary.ca and click the Give button. Know God is for you. We love you and have a great week.